From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Anxiety Project podcast. This one is number 35. I am your host with the most on anxiety recovery, Brad Robinson, here with you today. And this one is a very deep episode. It's on childhood trauma. And trauma varies from person to person. Trauma for me would include getting into fights during high school or elementary school, getting in trouble, getting sent to the principal's office. Um, These were heightened emotional events, and they affect how you are today. They they stay inside your body as a built-up energy. So, you know, when we are... At our jobs currently, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, however old you are, and you start to zone out and re- and start remembering a time in your life that was embarrassing, has that has that happened to you, where you zoned out, and while you're working, and you're just thinking of an embarrassing time, and then you kind of come back into reality, come back into consciousness, that is a stored energy a stored emotional traumatic event. And looking back at my life, I've had encounters where I had embarrassing moments. I remember one time in high school, you know, I would speak in front of a class and then my voice would crack. And then all of a sudden, the kids would laugh and then that would affect me because I reacted emotionally strong to that event. I felt embarrassed I felt like, you know, I'm an outcast. I felt a lot of emotion. So it definitely had an imprint within my body. So when I got older, you know, there's there's times when, you know, I'm just on the subway, driving to work, whatever, and I would think back on an event. Just it would pop up. And I would think back on that memory and how embarrassing that memory was and then the memory would go away and I'd come back and be like why why did that memory just pop out back in my head why why well your unconscious wants the best for you now I'm going to repeat that because that's huge your unconscious wants the best for you so It's telling you that you haven't dealt with this memory yet, that it's still there. It still needs to be dealt with rationally and energetically. It needs to be dealt with. And I'll tell you how you can do that later. And you're placed with labels when you're young. And this forms your identity it forms who you are. I got labeled so many times as being funny. I got labeled so many times as being lucky. I remember a period in elementary school where, you know, I would sit in class and we had different groups and each group would get a prize for doing something. I can't really remember what it was, but the prize was donuts. 
And we every group that I was in, we won. We won donuts. So everyone started calling me lucky. And 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 so I, I that started to believe I was really lucky in my life. So we get we get labels on us and this can go into our 20s and 30s where someone who happens to be overweight for example you know people might call them big guy or big dave something with big in it and that just sticks with the person so when they get older they can't seem to lose the weight because they're holding on to this part of them, this identity people have formed of him, and he feels that, or or she feels that, if they lose the weight, then they won't fit in, because their identity is saying, you know, I'm Big Dave, you know, I'm I'm this big guy. People know me as this big guy, and if I lose this weight, will I fit in? Will people respect me? my identity will be destroyed and you know having your identity destroyed is a huge impact within your unconscious because our unconscious runs on patterns and habits and 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 it when we start implementing a new habit say the person wants to lose weight all of a sudden the unconscious is like no this is who you are you're big dave and then people struggle losing the weight and people don't people don't want to become an outcast from their friends and coworkers when they do lose the weight so that's just a part of them that wants to hold on to that and so i'm now going to get into parts now what are parts parts are another word for stored emotional trauma and that also means stored energy built up energy stored within your body so parts is stored emotional trauma and can also be defined as stored emotional energy uh, within the body so they are part of the unconscious which which has a purpose and a function for instance the the man who's called Big Dave or the woman who's called Big Rhonda, you know, they feel like they have a purpose. It serve, The part serves as a function. That part of them, their perception is being filtered through that. So they always view their, themselves as being overweight, for example, or being an anxiety sufferer or being depressed, having that label put on them. And now their perception, uh, perceptions of the world are being filtered through that part, that traumatic energy that's stored within their body. And that's how they view the world. And these parts often represent minor personalities, you know, significant others imprinted or, or things that are have molded the person. So, for instance, family members or people significant in their life, they give you a label and you take that to heart. You believe them. It serves you, it serves such a value to you because that's who you are. That's why people accept you in your eyes. And now you're going your whole life filtering your 
reality through this, through the beliefs and values from the other people, from your role models when you're young. And parts are also, they also have their own values and beliefs. Like I was saying before, where, you know, you've got, you've, you've ingrained the same values as your parents. They value this and then you happen to be just like them because you looked up to them. So then you value that or you have specific friends that, you know, they teach you something and they value something and you take it to heart and then you start valuing the same things or beliefs. And this really shapes who you are. And parts are also part of a larger whole. It's not just that part, that stored emotional traumatic energy. It's not just that. It serves such a bigger purpose. It runs who you are as a person. And it's it's really defining who you are. But do you really want it to define who you are? Is this who you really want to be? Can you get rid of it? Very good questions. But it's part of a larger whole in the sense that our all of our values reach up into the sky as to something bigger. You know, we all want peace, love, happiness, joy, gratitude, confidence. So that's the larger whole. Deep down below, we all we all store these emotional traumatic energy parts that, you know, take us out of being confident, take us out of being in the present moment, take us out of being happy and joyful. And we don't know how to deal with them. Well, I certainly do, but I'm talking about the majority of our society. And the way I deal with them is I do meditation exercises. For instance, I do an exercise where I sever the ties with people in my life that have that I have emotion, strong emotional bonds with, negative bonds. So for instance, this exercise that I do, I... I would sever the tie, whether it's my family, friends who have met during the day. And this is not to say that I'm not going to love them anymore or care about them in any way. What this exercise does, it, it severs the ties between them through this technique. And it's like I'm starting anew with them in a great way that I still have the same love and affection and, and care for them. But all of the negative baggage surrounding them is gone because of this exercise. So there's many ways that we can go into the unconscious and change how we we interact with these these stored memories, these emotional traumatic events. So when an, a memory pops up and, and it's an embarrassing moment, you even using rational thoughts such as you know, you know, that was that was an embarrassing time, but that doesn't define me because since then I've spoken out in front of other people and my voice hasn't cracked. Exactly. 
So using rational thoughts for memories that pop up is a great way to deal with them. Because you know what? Pay attention to it. Next time an emotional thought comes up, pay attention and use some rational thoughts. And so how are these parts formed? How are these how are these stored em- emotional traumatic events stored within us? So mind you that it's different for each individual because we all have a threshold which is the level of tolerance. So for instance, maybe a significant emotional event happened 5 times. So now it's really ingrained within your unconscious mind because it happened lots of times. Or it could have been the peak. Say it was just happened so suddenly and you just got emotionally, you know, it just emotionally affected you in such a great way that, you know, it got stored within the unconscious mind. So there is many factors and it could be the rate of change, how 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 it changes and over time and 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 when an emotional when a, a traumatic emotional event happens to you and it affects you it it surpasses the threshold within you, the level of tolerance, right? So the more the more impact the more the bigger the impact of this emotional event the more deeper it gets stored within your unconscious and that's why you see people who are depressed and with anxiety and with so much self-doubt is because they've been through so many traumatic events and strong emotional events where they keep they keep reliving them or they keep ruminating over them or they're letting it define who they are and these and this energy is stored within them and it's running the show it's running the show these parts run you and you can miss out on weeks and years of your life because this some emotional events keep running through you keep defining who you are as a person so the more intense the significant emotional event, the more it surpasses our threshold and the deeper it gets stored within the unconscious. Super important. So pay attention to certain things that pop up in your head, certain events that you keep ruminating over. And these these mean something. These really do mean something. Because that's your unconscious telling you that, hey, you haven't dealt with this yet, so deal with it. This is why I'm bringing this memory back in. This is why I'm telling you, you know, about this past event. You need to deal with it because I don't want to hold on to it any longer. But for most people, they say, no, push it back down. I'm not going to deal with it. I'll deal with it later or some excuse. But there's... Very, it's very important that you realize that you know these are for a reason, these memories. Because looking back at your childhood, I'm sure you can remember embarrassing moments, traumatic events, certain significant emotional events that have happened and that have affected you negatively, 
sure, there's lots of great emotional events, but usually it's the negative and the the traumatic events that really do come into play, that really show up. So there are many, so there are different phases in your life and values are formed at the at these different phases. So from age zero to seven, that is the imprint phase. And that's the sponge phase. I mentioned that earlier. Um, and the the imprint phase is is a very important time in a child's life. This is the the child is in a delta brainwave state all of the time, whether they're awake or asleep. And what that means is their unconscious is open. It's like the doors to their unconscious is open and they're just they're just formulating existence so they're they're absorbing your beliefs they're absorbing values so at this age in your life you're absorbing all of the outside world mom dad family guardian whoever it is it's being absorbed their mannerisms i know all the time you may get from other people that you're just like your dad you're just like your mom it's crazy well, it's not crazy because we we were imprinted with all of their beliefs, mannerisms, and when we were kids. So from the age of 7 to 14, that is the modeling period. So and that's when we are really looking at our role models out there in the world. You know, Spider-Man on TV can really get a child to be like, whoa. This is really cool. Spider-Man, I want to be just like Spider-Man. But when we look at Spider-Man, what who what is Spider-Man really? What is he doing? He's the hero, he's the savior. He's the the guy who's taking on responsibility. So we so children get attracted to these characters, you know, whether it's Disney princesses or 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 superheroes and you know, it's like to to the boy Spider-Man is 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 connecting with him because it's all about taking on responsibility as a man and 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 being the hero of the city and and doing the right thing and for you know the women is being you know like finding finding the right partner and and being all you can be and being the the best mother you can be and really it's it's that's why you know boys don't most boys don't resonate with disney princesses and most girls don't resonate with male superheroes and that and well I, I say most right it's not all of them but most so at the ages of 0 to 14 i mean sorry 7 to 14 your parents your parents' values gets formed within you and this is really the aggression period too. You know, you must have it right away. You must have this thing right away. My needs must be met now. Avoiding shame or guilt. Gratifying impulses. So my my aggression period went into my 20s, my mid-20s. 
And I, I didn't take on responsibility like Spider-Man. My life was very chaotic. And the aggression period is the instant gratification period, right? So instead of that ending in my early 20s, it just kept going. I was smoking marijuana. I was looking for many women. I was looking for many partners at that time. I was I was sitting around with my friend and watching movies, not really taking on any responsibility, not not really shaping my life, not 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 gaining control, not not adding any order to my life. It was just chaos. I wasn't shifting my values. My values were, you know what? I'm just going to live for the moment and have fun. But I knew in my unconscious that I was getting nowhere. I I wanted to make more money. I wanted to live a better life. I want to leave my parents' house and, and move out and all of this stuff. And I just wasn't. I was giving myself a million excuses. So I wasn't shifting my values you know, things, I, I, I just wanted things to go my way. I wasn't looking at the bigger picture at, at that phase. So and that resulted in, in an anxiety disorder that really defined my life in a huge way. Because my unconscious was like, Brad, enough already. You know, there's all these things that you haven't dealt with yet. You're just running yourself down into the ground and it was just way too much. And that's when I started my recovery, when I was around 26. At age 14 to 21 is the socialization period. And this period is forming your identity, looking up to friends, fitting in, trying out different styles. Like I was trying out different hair colors. I dyed my hair brown, tried on different styles and you know, where do I fit in? What kind of values do I value? What kind of music do I, artists do I look up to? And uh, experimenting really is this phase. So watching a very powerful movie can really do this to to someone. And, and when I watched Into the Wild, this was an emotional, strong emotional impact on my life. And it played a giant role because I, I envied this guy who, if you don't know the movie, he hitchhiked all the way to Alaska just to live in the wilderness and ditched all responsibility. And at a, at a young age, I looked up to him because I wanted to go out and travel and ditch responsibility. I wanted to go and, and be a nomad and just explore the world, which is true, by the way. I do agree in some aspect of it. I do believe that going out into the world is important because you grow, you, you, you encounter uh, tragedy, you encounter hardships, and that makes you grow as a person. So there's a lot of aspect in that movie that I love. And I love how it's it's a a powerful nomad to the actual the main character in the movie, uh, Christopher McCandless. He he is an he's an actual guy. So the movie's based off of an actual story, and 
I just found it so moving that, you know, I just, it impacted me because there was part of me that wanted this escape, this adventure. So as you can see, like in this phase of your life, you're just really forming your identity. Who are you? Who are you? And at the age of 21 to 35, this is the business persona period. So, um, I was very dependent in my early 20s, dependent. I relied on my family and friends to support me through my anxiety. I, I was holding on to people that I shouldn't have hold, held on to. And I didn't know who I was going to be. But this period, 25 to 35, is really who who are you going to be, period? Who are you? What 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 are you going to do in this world? And at this, at this time in my life, in my 20s, I knew I was growing up. I knew time was being wasted, but I was wasting it. I, my life was so chaotic. I, was, I had severe anxiety, panic attacks all the time because I just wasn't handling my emotional memories properly. I was completely, completely living out poor values, poor beliefs. And, and ignoring responsibility, ignoring, t- and ignoring my anxiety, pushing everything down deeper and deeper, and panic just became more and more. And I was, I was spiraling down deeper into chaos, and I had no order to balance it out. I had no order. So this was the beginning of my anxiety recovery, 25, 26 26 to be precise. This is when I started. So teenagers, this is really interesting um, that in our, well, in Canada, in Western society, we are told to pick a university and told to pick what we want to do at such a young age. And at this age period, 25 to 35, this is the business persona period. So this is really who are you going to be, period. But as you can see by the age of 21 to 35, we're actually picking university courses around 16, 17, 18, right? When you're in high school. We're, we're picking our careers way too young. We are... We are going into universities, and that's why you see so many students change courses, change careers, because they picked it way too young. They don't have an interest anymore. Their values change. My values changed when I was 26. Everyone's values changes to some degree, but mine completely shifted at 26. But everyone is different, like I've said, like I've said before. So a lot of students are dropping out because they are they're not really pursuing something that really fulfills them and when they're in their 20s they kind of realize you know what i want to start my own business instead i don't want to pursue this career of being a construction worker or plumber or a, a graphic designer or from for my case uh working in the television industry and you know, I, I shifted my values when I was 26, and it shifted my career. I decided I wanted to help people who suffered like I did. 
So my values shifted. And and I feel like people are getting jumping into universities and colleges way too young and they wind up with debt out the wazoo. And that's just a whole can of worms I don't want to go into. But my whole point is, you know, our values shift. And we realize that, you know, um, what do you really value? And look, look at it. Look at it and ask yourself. So those are the age groups. And, and that's really what we do as we as we grow up and and we 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 get our values from our, our role models and our beliefs so these stored uh these significant emotional events they stay within us and until we recognize them and do something and and what to do something would be to use energetic techniques to release them meditation exercises and i work with nlp with my clients and what nlp is is it includes lots of emotional traumatic release techniques so i work with my clients and i guide them through these techniques where they release stored emotional trauma from the unconscious mind and i work with it on myself all the time every day to be precise because there are always stored emotional memories that need to be dealt with need to be released from the body that's absolutely crucial so i just wanted to talk about how childhood trauma can really impact your current situation whether you're suffering from anxiety or not and this stored energy is really affecting who you are and you perceive the outside world through that stored energy and it's really important to understand that and there is a way to release it and like i said before i i guide my clients through techniques that you know they get in touch with their unconscious mind I guide them through the exercise. They release the trauma. It's a form of reframing and, and release. And um, this is what I do today because my values shifted when I was 26. When I overcame anxiety naturally, I knew I had to help other people. That was That's what gives me meaning in my life. That's what really gives me purpose. That's what, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning, helping you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I love you all so much. Do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Goodbye, everybody. For more podcast episodes, for more video content, and one-on-one coaching with me via Skype, visit www.unpluganxiety.com for everything you need to know about ending anxiety naturally. I love you all. Have a great day. Bye-bye.